Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Perimenopause Power. We are excited to be joined by Kath Roberts. Kath Roberts is a trained color therapist and systems coach, an author, and international teacher of color therapy who uses color to balance energy, restore harmony, and ignite new ways of being. She facilitates transformational experiences through one to one or group coaching, empowerment workshops online programs and retreat immersions by identifying and then making the unconscious conscious. Her focus is on enabling others to wake up to their core natures, actualize their potential and find the work they love to do. She values creativity, authenticity, wisdom over knowledge and firmly believes that we're all masterpieces in progress and that it's never too late to be the person you want to become. She has a compassionate and whole-centered approach to people development. She draws on nature as a source of inspiration, creativity and wisdom, appreciating that our consciousness is part of the greater body and intelligence of earth herself. We are excited to bring you this episode. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Kath Roberts. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast, Perimenopause Power. G'day, Nat. I am delighted. Can't wait. And we do always love having uh, someone from the other side of the world join us too and feel very grateful that we have the opportunity to have these conversations and, and see each other. And yeah, I am always grateful when we, we get to do that. So yes, very grateful. Now, I really do want to kick off with who you are. And uh, you describe yourself as a reformed workaholic, coach, creative, therapist, mentor, and teacher all rolled into one. With this in mind, can you share more with us and our listeners about the work that you do, Kath? Sure. It's a bit of a mouthful, that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I hate being put in a box and labelled. And I think what that does is it explains somewhat my own individual journey. And if I start here, I spent 20 years in corporate environments, principally retail initially and in recruitment And what I witnessed, particularly in the 13 years I was in recruitment, was the changing nature of work. And if you think about what recruitment's about, it's it's fundamentally about matching people with organizations. And it's about career development and helping people find, you know, their way in the world. And so I was always interested in human potential and maximizing that. And being in a sales environment, I quickly started to examine what makes for a successful salesperson. You know, what what are the traits, what are the behaviors that inform us on that road to success? And I suppose one could say I, I saw so many changes during that time. Firstly, if we look at organizations and what was changing in the world of business, I could see and witness the changing nature of work, how as our society changed, we were yearning for different things from our employ- employers in terms of the cultures in which we operate within. 
and the needs that need to be met in those environments. And from a, if you like, director, uh, facilitating a group of salespeople, identifying what gets in the way, what's the internal stuff that gets in the way of people performing to their best. So we are always um, in relationship, aren't we? And so in organizations, in a business context, our environment's informing us, but we're also impacting our environment. And I, I started to get really curious about this, what I call interior space of mindset, our thoughts and our feelings and how that impacts um, how we show up in the world and how um, certain programs support us living our best self and um, other programs don't. So when I left the corporate world and why did I do that? I reached a level of success um, like you do, and I'm sure you've heard many women on your line who've done this, and you kind of get to the top of your game, and then you kind of realise that you're kind of in the wrong space. That, or at least that's what it felt like for me, of like, I didn't want what I got. Um, and that's that, you know, this whole principle of like, success sometimes gets more problems. <laughs> and it's about actually unravelling that to start to really understand actually who am I? Um, what do I actually want and how do I give that best value to the world? I mean, we can talk about lofty ideals like purpose and such like, but actually if we just bring it back to that, what makes me smile every day and how do I know I'm giving my best self and how do I know that I'm impacting other people? These were all topics that fascinated me and that I wanted to spend more of my life doing. And as I started to move in that coaching space, so I'm a trained neuro-linguistic programmer. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, obviously the thoughts that we have, the neuro patterns, the neural patterns in our mind um, affect our language construction and the strategies that we have to get anything in life. So obviously when our emotions take a downward turn, and it's not surprising, right, that our language starts to change to rather than empowering language, um, language that suggests that we can't do something. So that's where I started and really started to understand that actually we're energetic beings in a body having an experience, right? Um, and actually energy is a power exchange all the time. So it's where do we want to place our energy and our focus and I was looking for a system that actually would help people shortcut the overthinking process. Because I think in the world we live in, we've come to, and particularly in business, because business is complex, we can um, over-rationalize everything to bits. And as I say, when we rationalize too much, we tell ourselves rational lies. So I'm about helping people understand their emotional intelligence and their spiritual intelligence and bringing them back into alignment with who they be so that individually there's no internal conflict. So you can see probably where even I've been talking, there's this crossover between a coaching process of asking powerful questions and helping people understand or, or get into self-reflection and a therapeutic level of understanding 
around exploring emotions and the power of our emotions and the part that they play in our success in life and, and, and having authentic success, wanting the life that we've got. But then there's a mentoring piece around helping people understand this science behind it, of course, now. And um, understanding that we have electromagnetic fields and thoughts are electrical and feelings are magnetic. And in a universe of energy, feelings are actually more powerful. <laughs> and, and we understand that. We've, we've come to understand it in ways where people talk in business about, you know, are you passionate enough? And where's your desire? Where's your drive? But what I started to see in business is that it became too much of a focus on the drive for profit and the drive for productivity and not enough drive in the areas of human flourishing and what inspires us every day. And of course, when we know that we are inspired in our work, you know, what does inspiration mean to be in our spirit? We are more likely, are we not, to show up, um, to perform at our best, to give our best, to, to make a difference, to impact everyone we connect with. Um, and that in turn builds profit, but it's coming from, it's reverse engineering, isn't it? Um, we're coming from the different end of the spectrum. And I think that's just the shift that's going on in the world that we see in business and everywhere else, moving more from these masculine principles of how business has been done and been lived more than that, what we can see, what's the facts, what's the data, what's the reason, and moving and understanding and comprehending the space of the unseen world, which is the feminine. You know, how do we feel? How's that impacting everything? Um, and how's that sending ripples out? Uh, so does that help a little bit? Or does that give you loads more questions? <laughs> Um, oh, I, I love it. And we're actually recording this episode in the evening and I started my day facilitating an emotional intelligence workshop and around resilience and growth mindset and, and talking specifically like that. So I find it very fitting that uh, my day is now ending that way because uh, okay. you are perfectly speaking. My language isn't uh, Kathleen's. <laughs> Absolutely. I was waiting for you to comment because I'm thinking, oh my God, Nat's going to love all this stuff. It sounds so interesting though. And you know, things that came that really bounced out at me. I love this bit about, um, and we work with women that you know, they realize you realized you was in the wrong, you were in the wrong game, and realize mm. I didn't want what I've got, and that happens mm. to so many women, doesn't it? Like we tend to sort of, it's it's a bit of that um, that expectation that you just do X Y Z without really really understanding what is it that you really want to do, and you talk about realigning oneself. So the work that you're doing is really powerful, which probably leads me to my next question because on your website, you talk about the work you do, you work holistically with a number of modalities and, and the color mirror system, and you make you, the client, the accent color in their life so that they can live with greater passion, self-care, ease and grace, as well as being able to make a difference in the world because life wasn't meant to be a struggle. That's yeah. that really, it's sung out at me. Can you talk more, Kath, about, you know, following on from what you've just described, what, what's the colour mirror system and how does this translate further into the work that you do? Okay. 
So wouldn't life be dull, right, if the world was just black and white? Mm -hmm. Imagine a world, literally, that we all just wore black and white. All we saw was black and white. We ate black and white food. Boring. Look at no, just notice your physiology. Just notice how you feel when I talk about that. So, yeah, of course, color is consciousness. Color is information. Color is vibration. It's a frequency. And we all know it and we all get it innately, intuitively. How we feel when the sun comes up in the morning and we can feel, you know, that on our backs, on our faces, and we see a blue sky. How different that impacts our mood. Um, so notice that. Notice how when we've had difficult periods in our life, we tend to gravitate more to the blacks in our wardrobe. Um, we, um, yeah, so we lose color, don't we? Um, equally, we're always told from a health and dietary perspective, you know, eat the rainbow. Well, why is that? Yeah, because it's having an impact on our physiologic physiology. And also we are, you know, we've got, we're psychological. So think of color in the context of there's a physiological component. So cool colors will calm the body, which is why we don't put children or ourselves in um, bedroom spaces that are red or warming colors because we don't tend to sleep in those spaces. We want to sleep in, you know, those tranquil cool colors because it's calming the mind and it's helping us rest and recuperate. So um, you've got this effect on the parasympathetic sympathetic nerve, you know, heating us up to drive, to move forward, to, to achieve anything in life, the warmer colours and the cooler colours to bring us back to self, to bring us back to centre and balance. And obviously green is a lovely colour, right? To bring us back into that space, which is why nature is so healing. So... I was looking for a system initially where my thoughts were going was people overthink everything and they don't spend enough time in uh, their feeling zone, their heart zone. And creativity in business is missed because people don't access fully their creative capacities. So I was really looking for a system that would help me enable people to get more creative. And of course, color inspires people in different ways. So I've attracted, of course, I attract a lot of artists because they innately know color and are interested in color. But I attract writers, um, musicians, um, as I say, creative types who often get blocked. Mm. Had that they've had some some real years of creative work, and then oh, I'm blocked again, and I need to shift. I need to change in business. It's about helping them find innovative solutions with color, as opposed to going around the same old circle of what's been done before. And so this helps them, as I say, get out of their mind. So what else can I say? Psychologically, let's talk about how we use color or how color is innate in our language. Black sheep of the family, red rag to a ball, green with envy, blue sky thinking, custardly yellow. <laughs> and you, think of, you, know, you can already start to see there's hints, right, behind each of, of those storylines about what's the emotion, what's the mood. 
So I ought to just give you, actually, these are the kind of bottles. Okay, can you see those? Mm. Um, here you go. So these... Just for our listeners, Kat's actually holding up different coloured bottles. So, um, yeah, just painting the picture. Absolutely. So if you imagine there are 87 oils in the system and this colour mirror system was brought about by um, a phenomenal lady called Melissa Jolly. She created the system in 2001. She's a South African. And now this system, there are many of us around the world, in fact. There are also um, practitioners and teachers in Australia. And Australia has been our latest country, if you like, a little bit more to come on board with this. But yeah, we have teachers and we have practitioners across the world who are working with the system. So if you imagine I could be holding a session with a client, I can be doing that via Zoom, online, or I can be doing it face-to-face. And I just get people into the right space. Uh, I start in a coaching way. And then we might be saying, well, if we if we were to um, ask the question of the system, you know, if there were a block, what what's holding you back from that? You know, what would be the number between one and 87? And you see, you can never get this wrong because you can't think the system because you don't know the system. So people intuitively go, you know, I'll do a meditation with them and they go, well, it's really weird. I'm getting, you know, 33. And I look at 33 and then I read the message of 33 and I look at the colors and what's behind 33 emotionally. And then they make a connection with that and then they start to shift energy because that's what we're doing. We're shifting energy. And it might be an old memory that's coming up, okay, from the subconscious. And then they're making that connection and they're going, oh my God, you know, I never realized that, I, you know, my behavior now has been influenced by a thought or an old memory that I'd made years ago about my relationship with my mother or about when I made that decision to do this. And of course, we're doing that all the time in life because, you know, we live very busy, fast lives, don't we? Mm. Technology, technology has enabled us to um, to do many more things and to, to live in, in an empowered way, but it also has got some dark sides to it in so much as um, we don't always have to or give ourselves the space and the capacity that we need to process emotions and to allow emotions to flow. So sometimes we don't grieve properly. Um, we don't stop to do reflection work when we've had a shock um, in the system. And then it will start to perpetuate problems because these, uh, these are blocks that sit in the energy field. And then they will come back. And they'll come back harder unless we start to look at these aspects of ourselves. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we are emotional, spiritual creatures. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more we clear, the more we're clearing our energy fields, the more we get into alignment. So again, we more allow the flow to happen. And then I want to just say a little bit about this because this, this might help also cement a little bit the work. Think about the laws of nature because we are part of nature and everything is interconnected. And life, we might grow up with a false belief that stuff is happening to us. Um, which is generally what happens, right? So if we go back to the scenario, I'd reached a certain level of competence in my 
work life of success I've got the top of my game and I thought hell don't like the view here want to get out now naturally when we're in that space we 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 wake up and we have to go what's not working so this is what I call like that level one consciousness and we might say things like oh hell you know it's because my boss is a pain or it's because this culture doesn't allow xyz or I can't have the freedom I want. You know, and for a while, that absolutely, you know, there is truth in that, of course. You know, I, I was quite creative and I was quite, um, I like freedom. I like autonomy. I like to create and do my own thing. So I, I don't like to be too much told how to do things. That's all part of what you're learning about yourself. But fundamentally, it wasn't about me blaming the business. I had to take personal responsibility for myself and decide, well, what do you want to do instead? Mm. How do you have a more meaningful life? Where do you go from here? So in that first level, we, we have to wake up and go, oh, I have been a victim. I don't want to be a victim anymore. Um, not there's anything wrong with being a victim, but that's the first part of the suffering, right? Mm. Then we go, I don't want to suffer anymore. I want to have joy in my world. So I'm going to take responsibility so if it's going to be it's up to me so then I'm moving into level two thinking so here's the thing um I can drive I can open I can flourish in a, a business of my choosing um I can move my life in a different direction but often what happens in level two thinking is it's that attitude if it's going to be it's up to me so we go I can't trust the world out there can only trust myself it creates control so then we can't get a whole new level of problems uh, because we might be fierce successful on our own but then we realize like oh my god i've recreated the same old problem in a different way i don't want this anymore so i've i've coached a lot of millionaires you know there's like serial millionaires and they don't just open one business they open multiple businesses and start to understand that actually what they've created what they wanted is it used to be that but it's not fully where they're going or where they want to go then because they create burnout and I think a lot of callers may identify with this so it's and then actually my health is affected and I don't want my health to be affected oh my relationships affected so what do I do now well the answer is to start to move to level three life is happening through me yeah so in other words we we want to flow with life we want to see the magic return that's the joy and in order for that to happen it's actually about moving with the rhythm yeah of the unified field and we are part of that unified field so that's synchronicities begin to happen that's where the magic is but we've got to allow space for that mm. And of course, space, space and time, you know, space is feminine and time is masculine. So when we're in the process of doing all the time, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to have your life, but I don't have enough time. So you have to create time and everything settles down with space, does it not? Because when we create white space in the diary, we think better. When we create space for self, all of a sudden we up-level our thinking because we come at things from a different level of our beingness. Um, and so the suffering starts to move right into the space of joy, into the space of clarity, the space of creativity, finding resourceful ways around our solutions. 
And finally, if we've been on this journey a while, which is where I'm, you know, my, my point around unpacking that ease and grace is we kind of settle into ourselves and we start to appreciate that we are the flow. We are the flow and we are showing up every day. And when we're present with who we be, and we're balanced, then actually we light up the room, don't we? We have amazing conversations. We start to collaborate with people that, you know, beyond our wildest dreams. And, you know, these kind of things happen. Mm. So great. And you've just taken me, I feel like, on a journey to myself when um, I was in that space after I returned to work after having my daughter and thought I'm not in the right space. I'm not, my values do no, no longer align with this company that I'm with. And I feel like, you know, over what's it been? It's been seven years, six, seven years, and here I am in that state of flow now. And it's amazing the learning that you gather. And I often talk about even for women in that midlife phase or going through significant life transformations, yes, it's very difficult to see that this is a learning and a growth opportunity, but it is. And it's opening up that awareness and and that space, as you said, in giving yourself permission to slow down and just be with where you are and have that level of acceptance because you cannot create change from where you are if you are desperately seeking change. If you are full of so much in your mind and in your body and in, and in the energy around you, you will not be able to create that change. So how can you create little moments of, um, as you say, white space in your day that you can connect with where you are and use that to look at, okay, what can I learn from this? Yes, I'm really struggling. I'm in the midst of a challenge. I'm in the midst of a struggle and and talking about women going through perimenopause, that, that's a significant change. But how can we use this as a, as a personal development, uh, a professional development learning as well? Because there is so much to take from the life experiences. And, and as challenging as I look back that time after I had my daughter, it, it was the catalyst for so much change and ultimately the catalyst for where I am today. And, um, and, you know, and, and grateful for that experience now that I can say that. It, it, you're absolutely spot on. And, and I think, you know, the word is we surrender. We must surrender at that level. And as we surrender and let go, it's like what happens, our energy field expands. And, yeah, then we can be and be in the flow. And then life gets easier. And I like to use that expression of it's like traveling on, you know, like um, when you're at the airport and you're going on holiday and you're dead excited you can't wait to get to the uh, the airplane. You're on the travelator. That's what life becomes like, yeah. And and I certainly f- have found that and and live my life in this way each day um, because it's not about the end destination, is it? It's about every day being meaningful, every day being creative, every day being um, joyful and magical. And I think as women. What, what happens is, you know, we we grow up, don't we? We we get on the, the career trajectory. We want the family. We've got to get on with that because, you know, our biological clocks are ticking. We're trying to run, you know, the work and the home life. And we've lived too space of work-life balance. And really, today's world is work-life integration. And in order for us to really fulfill work-life integration, it requires all of us women to really step into our full power 
and to really own that. And that is about understanding, you know, your point around the the flow and the surrender and the acceptance to be and not not doing the guilt trips or the martyrdom or any of that. So it doesn't help anyone, in fact. And so perimenopause is just this beautiful time because we're it's the psycho-spiritual transition that's going on in, in us. And so it's the invitation to go inside, in fact. I mean, isn't nature phenomenal that it's created in such a way? I mean, nothing in nature happens by accident. And that's why I, I use nature in a lot of my coaching work to explain things because we see the perfect balance. And if we can be the same, our bodies are perfectly engineered in such a way that this is the time where we go inside in the perimenopause years, because it's our autumn, right? And what do we do in autumn? We sit and we recuperate a bit more. We have earlier nights, we you know, light a fire, we reflect. <laughs> and so, but in, in the world at large, of course, society is going, in, in the mainstream can be taking us in a different direction, can't it? It can suggest that we need to speed up, we need to keep going, we need to stay young, we need to have all these impossible actions and tasks and activities. So if we can really lean into that spiritual transformation, then we spend that time resting up, recuperating, taking good care of ourselves. And then our hormones, you know, can start to self-regulate. And then I say, you know, the menopause is, of course, the winter and often, you know, described as the winter of our discontent um, because it's not much fun. Yeah, because all of a sudden, you know, what we took for granted, we have to rethink but, but again, it's it's all it's a reframe, isn't it? It's a reframe about what what is personal beauty. It's a reframe about what is quality work as opposed to work. Um, what, it, as you were saying about values, what is important to me? Do I even know what that is? I mean, most people spend more time booking and planning their summer holiday than they do thinking about, you know, what are my values? And actually, that's the best service we can do our family and our communities, because as we start to change from that inside out, we, we do, we really do affect everybody in our sphere of influence. And I think that's what the world needs at the moment, don't you? Absolutely. I, I, I love this. I, I love just listening to you, Kath, and I'm just thinking that there's so much positivity and a different way that we're really not painting enough yeah. Um, maybe amongst ourselves or with others around seeing it as a new um, opportunity to to do life. Uh, I love the way you said life is happening through me and I need to allow space for this. And yeah. we, for so many women, uh, perimenopause and beyond, it catches them unawares and then they don't really know what to do and they don't allow that space to just be an, in the moment and see where it's taking them. So the work you're doing is really, really powerful. You've done a bit of work, obviously, with women in perimenopause and things like that. What are you? You're obviously seeing that kind of thing happening a lot, and you know how yeah. you're it from a, how you're spinning it from a negative to a positive element for women to, you know, to move forward positively. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, what I could see, it was very obvious to me. I mean, if you look at, you know, where that hits us at an age bracket, it's, in you know, typically average-wise our mid-40s for perimenopause and mm. then, you know, for menopause 51. So it's going to coincide at a time in a woman's life where there are going to be often multiple challenges. So for me, for example, my own personal story was, you know, I was caring. My husband was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I was, um, let me think, I was 48 when that happened. And I'm 50, I'm just coming up 56 now. And so I had uh, five years of uh, needing to care for my, not when I say needing to, wanting to, choosing to. Um, but that was a, as you can imagine, quite a big life change that coincided with that biological shift for me. And this is not, you know, uncommon. There will be women who will be going through divorce and separation, uh, redundancy, um, aging parents, teenage kids, <laughs> and all of the woes, as I remember, um, that come, you know, with that chapter in our lives. But, you know, as, as parents are becoming older, you know, that's not uncommon too. So the juggling aspect of the midlife challenge and then the, as I say, the, the physiological impact that the menopause has. So I could see that there was more work that needed to be done in this area to really help women understand themselves at this deeper nature to, to bring the balance back, really, because I'm all about really authentic power. And, you know, that's why from an, the business work I've done, it's, it's about gain, you know, bring it back into a business context business performance is is about service actually first and foremost and profit is the is the money you get as a result of the amazing service that you deliver to every you know aspect the shareholders if you're public the stakeholders the employees the customers always round um so going back to you know um women have such an important part to play in the world. We, you know, we have got these hidden assets. And, and of course, you know, let's include men too in this experience. You know, each of us have masculine energy and feminine energy. But if we go back to how the world has, well, truly still being run, it really, as I say, in, in, in families anyway, the women often make the decisions, don't they? And, the, and they're the strengths, right? But the men need the support uh, mechanism to enable them to go out in the world and do what they need to do. Look at the indigenous tribes, the respect and reverence for women, the elders, um, because they know that they're going to make wise decisions on behalf of the next generation and society at large. So we've got important work to do in the world and we need women um, to be able uh, to freely uh, step into this space and to own this space. And I think the more of us who've gone before, who open up those channels, it allows and facilitates, you know, women coming through um, to shift focus too. And I think it's just, it, it's trends in that, you know, post the Second World War, we were all given the vote. Um, we were all educated. We were all allowed to go and play in space that we'd not perhaps occupied 
um, as women to that nth degree. And of course, we had to take on uh, masculine principles in order to do that. And now that we're shifting back. And so everything has a time and a purpose and a value. And so um, this is our time, actually. Mm. Yes, definitely. And and it really rings true with the whole topic and phase around perimenopause and menopause because we have never been in a position before to have this conversation. And what we're seeing here in Australia is that the UK are a good five to 10 years ahead of us. And really, you know, you over there are paving a way for us here and, and showing us what is possible and what the flow and effect can be in helping women to come into themselves during this phase and, and find the power and the opportunity within this phase whilst also, whilst also being present to what they're going through too. Because I think that's a key piece that we very much condition to push those things aside and, and thinking about you know, periods and menstrual cycles as as we go through our teenage and 20s and 30s, we're, we're masking them and we're trying to keep them at bay and not let them disrupt our life. And so we're missing that presence in this phase of life. And, and as you say, it's just, it's opportune time. And um, and why not now? Why not bring it to the surface and, and really help women uh, now who are in that phase, but also the generations to come as well and really change that whole mindset. So it's, yeah, it's fabulous work. This podcast, you, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, and bringing it, bringing it full round is, what I've noticed, um, certainly over these last five years, is it sharpened your intuitive intelligence. So you might not have a bleed every month, but oh my God, you still are so in tune with that part of yourself. And that just grows. It grows stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's powerful because you really can then flow with life. So very true. And I've definitely learned so much over the years in tracking my cycle and, and being with, with, with that flow. So yes, right on point. Now, our podcast is all about power and finding and nurturing and using our personal power as we transition through life phases, in this case being perimenopause and beyond. We'd love to learn from you. What does coming into your own power mean to you and how have you practiced that across your life? Wow. That's a big question. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, let's start with what I call the three C's. Um, the first C, competency. That's a word that most people understand. It's banded around all the time in business. The skill and ability to do anything. The second C, capacity. So it's actually uh, the idea that um, I can apply that skill at the right time in the right place for best effect. We learn, don't we, in our um, embryonic years, our work years, um, a lot about that. The third is capacity. And that's the space that I think is where we really start to take on uh, true authentic power. So capacity for me is actually who am I being when I'm applying uh, that competency at the right time in the right place. So in other words, am I present and what am I bringing to the experience? So what I've learned about power is how I show up, who I be is true 
power, not the ego, yeah, that loves to control and wants to finish, you know, being right and um, in the end um, dominates. Um, so true uh, power, it builds unity, builds connection. It comes from this heart space. And this is what I call this capacity. So now I spend, you know, if, if let me give you an example. So when I used to be in sales and I would go and pitch um, for company work and such like, I might think an awful lot about researching the company, um, taking some um, ideas, um, previous examples and testimonials, thinking about the sort of questions they might ask me. You know, it's all that classic doing stuff, right? It's that thinking space. I might also put my best suit on you know, and make an effort in terms of how I looked and such like, make sure I plan the journey, all that sort of stuff. These days, I spend a lot more time thinking about um, what are the qualities I want to radiate in a conversation and connection? How do I want to leave um, somebody? Um, what's important to them? And how do I make them feel safe um, to open up? How do I allow myself to be vulnerable in order for another person to meet me in that space? So that for me is the true essence of power. And that's a softness, right? But there's no, um, there's a softness to the, a softness and a quality to that power. But boy, is it, you know, impactful um, in terms of the, uh, its range and its capacity. Does that answer the question? <laughs> Perfectly. Uh, Absolutely beautifully. Thank you. I think a lot of what you're doing is very powerful. And you and you talked about authentic power uh, a little while ago. And just there is what you're explaining sounds very authentic to me and very much, you know, um, something that we should really be looking to embrace a lot more as women uh, in having that authentic power and really owning it and not being afraid or uh, worrying about judgment from from doing that so thank you Kath that's really beautiful and we don't get to the end of our life do we and I mean this is what I learned as you can imagine nursing um, my husband um, and having some wonderful conversations at the end of his life um, we don't get there and we say gosh I wish I'd worked harder Gosh, I wish I'd had more money. Yeah. If you've ever experienced that in life, um, the quality of those conversations are around the relationships and the love and the connectivity um, and the experiences that we've had in life that have brought that uh, for us. So if I can help women understand that um, and be more of that, you know, then they're getting those magical moments daily. Um you know, you can't, there's no money for that. Really? No, I, I, I Kathy, uh, you brought, it, I really loved listening to you. And I think you've brought a lot to the, this podcast episode that we haven't captured previously. And um, I really thank you for your time. And where can our listeners connect you with you and learn more about the work, beautiful work that you're doing? Thank you. I've really enjoyed being on the call and um, it's great to be asked such challenging questions, I have mm -hmm. to say. <laughs> really thinking. 
Um, so you could get hold of me or you can find me um, on my website, which is Kath with a K dash roberts.com. And you'll find that in my bio. And then I'm also, although I don't show up as often as maybe um, I, I could on places like Instagram and Facebook. But again, I have to model uh, and demonstrate, right, what I'm preaching and teaching here. And so, yeah, you can also sign up on my website and receive some uh, free videos, okay, which tell you a little bit more about uh, also the work that I do, okay? Thank you so much. We will put all of those links in the show notes as well. And uh, hopefully our listeners connect with you and follow your great work. But thank you so much. As I said in the opening, very grateful to have you on our podcast and and you share your wonderful work. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.